Hello and welcome to Nice Talks. My name is Amy Thomas and I'll be your host for this podcast. This is a chance to discuss health and care in the UK and to hear people's stories. You can find us on SoundCloud as well as Apple Podcasts and Stitcher mobile apps. If you've got any questions, you can email us on nice at nice.org.uk and please put podcasts in the email heading somewhere. You can also follow us through our social channels. Our Twitter handle is at NiceComs. This episode will be about the most common cancer that affects men in the UK, and that's prostate cancer. I'm uh, Charles Frost, and um, I'm very keen on cycling. So as a uh, person with prostate cancer, I've learnt the benefits of exercise and cycling. So I started a cycling uh, group called Prostate Peddlers. Basically, I guess the thing that prostate cancer does is it robs you as a, as a man of um, so many of the normal things. It robs you of your targets and your destinations. It questions and challenges your masculinity. Um, it's difficult to talk about because it's, uh, it's uh, as we call it in the family, the underwater fittings department, which is a euphemism that says quite a lot about how we feel about uh, talking about your sexual organs and things. And what I found doing this cycle ride was that planning it gave me something to really work on and think about. And that was a really good thing because one of the byproducts of, of a, an insidious disease where you feel perfectly healthy um, but everyone tells you you're seriously ill is that it preys on your mind. I talk to people who've just been diagnosed with prostate cancer and, and uh, I, you know, I say diagnosis is very, as a very, very tough time. Everyone thinks that they're dying, everyone thinks that they're dying straight away and I do mean everyone and of course they're not. M- most people are going to go on for a long time afterwards. Then you have a difficult thing, which is um, uh, choosing a, a, a treatment option. And uh, it's a luxury we have today, choosing your option. And we don't understand the enemy we're fighting. My name is Meg Burgess, and I'm a specialist nurse in prostate cancer, working for Prostate Cancer UK. What is prostate cancer? It might be even better to start with what's the prostate, um, because many men, until they have an issue with their prostate, don't realise what it is or where it is. So starting with the very basics, the prostate is a gland that sits underneath the bladder and surrounds the water pipes. It's just in front of the, the rectum, the back passage. And prostate cancer, like any cancer, is a cell that goes wrong and then starts to divide in an uncontrolled way. And so that's what prostate cancer is. What treatments are available for people once they have a diagnosis? So maybe it's useful to go back and talk about the tests that might be done first of all because if a a GP is concerned about symptoms or if a man is concerned about his risk of, of having prostate cancer there are a couple of tests that the GP might do in the first instance. One is the PSA test and the other is the digital rectal examination. So the PSA test is used to measure prostate-specific antigen in a man's blood and helps with diagnosis and also cancer progression later down the line. What are the next steps after diagnosis? So the next step after a diagnosis has been made, the first question is, does the cancer need to be treated? 
And that's quite unusual because unlike most other common cancers, prostate cancer doesn't always need immediate treatment. So it might be possible to monitor the cancer rather than treat it straight away. And we have two different ways of monitoring prostate cancer. The first one is something that's called active surveillance. And that's a way of delaying treatment for men that are diagnosed with a very early low-grade prostate cancer. The other way of monitoring a prostate cancer is something that's called watchful waiting. It's a very different approach and more of a conservative approach. It also aims to delay treatment and treatment would only be given if symptoms develop. PSA testing is fairly non-specific but it is the yardstick for for how your prostate cancer is doing. It's prostate specific antigen as I understand it. For me the most important thing to say is that um, after surgery or after radiotherapy or after whatever treatment you've been through, the doctor then says, um, well, we'll come back in three months' time when everything's settled down and, and we'll see how it uh, looks then. And you, everybody gets really nervous about that test. They actually think they're going to find out um, how well the treatment has gone. They want to know whether they're cured. I was never told, and no one ever seems to tell anyone, that actually one PSA test just tells you what that situation is. Um, It doesn't tell you anything really specific about how the treatment's gone down. Obviously after treatment your PSA is likely to have gone down considerably. What they don't tell you is that it takes several PSAs to show the trend, and it's the trend they're interested in. If you have a PSA test every three months, that's quite quick. Um, It means that it's going to be nine months to a year before you really have a good feeling about what's going on. I think the first problem is it's a huge amount of information to take on board. And so for any man with a new diagnosis, it can feel completely overwhelming. And it's really important that men have time to process that information, to find out as much as they can about the treatment options they've been given. There may be one treatment that's going to be more suitable than the others, but some men, particularly with early prostate cancer, will be given a range of treatment options to go away and think about. So I think in my experience, it's having the time to be able to make sense of the situation, first of all, absorb all of what's going on, but then to read about the different treatment options, to have the opportunity to talk to health professionals about what the different options will involve, to have time to think about the impact of different treatments, and to have support from those that are close to them as well as health professionals to support them in in making that decision. So Meg highlights the importance of getting the right information and Charles also encourages men to speak to others about their cancer and get it out in the open. So I really, really uh, recommend uh, joining a group so that you can have the conversation that, um, that is inside your head because everyone is sharing the same situation and, it, uh, and it's good for everyone so you can help other people and they can help you. So it's, it's a two-way street. My advice is um, to, uh, is to not worry too much that you've got you, the, the, for the overwhelming majority of people you've got an awful long time to live and part of the problem is living with the knowledge of the prostate cancer or whatever the cancer is so that is in the end becomes a bigger problem than choosing a 
uh, treatment option um, and looking after your morale and your uh, well-being is, uh, is, is, is the big thing. We're always interested in each other's PSA tests and treatments and so on and it's a jolly nice uh, fraternity. So we've heard from Charles, who advocates getting out in the fresh air and talking about prostate cancer. He explains that coming to terms with this disease can be a big part of the battle. Meg explained that making treatment choices can be really hard and that having the correct knowledge to guide us is really essential. If you'd like any more information about this topic and what our guidance says, you can head to our website. It's www.nice.org.uk. Thank you for listening.